Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast with Amy and Steph. I'm Amy. And I'm Steph. Though we try to make Cancer for Breakfast safe and comfortable for everyone, it may not be suitable for all audiences and is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors. We didn't even go to podcasting school. (laughs) Hi, Steph. Hi, Amy. Welcome to Cancer for Breakfast. Hi, guys. Happy New Year. 2024. We're here. That's right. We are. <laughs> um, we have uh like a rapid fire update. Yeah. Episode for you guys, I think. We haven't been on in a while. Have you noticed? Maybe you haven't noticed. Maybe you don't even care. Maybe you don't care about us anymore. That's Maybe fine. you're not even listening to this. That's all right. That's fine. Maybe you're sick of this shit. Yeah. I mean, that's um, totally you do what you need to do. You don't owe us anything that's right um but you should probably just turn this off now <laughs> don't don't do that. and don't leave us a five-star don't. review on your way out yeah um so uh we've been gone a little bit because we've been working on another podcast that will come to you in due time we're cheating on you that's right um you can follow it it um is on instagram at sick people pod which we very rarely post to i don't know i feel like i'm over instagram i'm over social media i'm on a break man i'm off till march you are yeah i mean it's just not what it used to be for connection i'm finding but in any case sick people is the name of the podcast you can follow it there's you could actually follow it now on wherever podcasts are found we just have like a very tiny little um i wouldn't even call it a trailer i'd call it a teaser um but it, it just exists there so that you can press follow so when we start dropping episodes you'll be the first to yeah know. and that if you just we'll link it in the show notes but i think if you just search for sick people it would be somewhere maybe i think yeah that's how searching works <laughs> subscribe now and then whenever it comes out you'll be the first to know yeah um Let's just get into this because we have a lot to tell you. We've got, we haven't been on in a while. A lot has happened. Steph has some updates. I've got some updates. Do you want to get going with your dealers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the last time, I don't remember if I even mentioned this before because it was kind of such a, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the word that came to my mind um, because when you say things out loud, the shame is taken away. I was going to say it's a it was a nothing burger. <laughs> that actually reminds me of the one time in my life. You know, I um grew up in a situation where I had to be very careful about what I said and how I acted. Um and so I have a lot of self-consciousness about things and they haunt me, you know, forever, which I feel like is a very millennial thing. A lot of us are in that position. Like what? What do you mean? Okay, so well here's my my prime example of that. One time, I this was like 20 years ago, right? Okay. I said somebody like said something to me that I thought was neat or interesting. And I said, 
cool beans. That's so funny that you just said that because as you were saying this, I was thinking about cool beans. I swear to God, I'm a fucking psychic. You are. I swear because I used to actually say cool beans all the time. It was like in fourth grade, especially. And I have my own feelings about that. But that's so freaking creepy that I thought of that before you said it. That is really, really funny. We're psychically linked. Which is an action right That's here, right. folks. That's right. Okay. So I said it here one on. time, like, it, and I don't know why that particular phrase, like, haunts me. It's not something I had ever said before. I've never said it since, except to, like, repeat the story. But Cool Beans, just, it was like a full body shudder when I said it. Anyway, nothing burger, Cool Beans, whatever. So you were, like... 20 something yeah I mean I had to be 20 something yeah okay it must have been deep into that period where you really care what other people think too which like I was recently talking to somebody about this and about how like when you go through menopause like the caring what other people think kind of evaporates a little bit Uh uh-huh anyway I'm not sure I would have the same feeling if I casually said cool beans today I'll say cool beans I don't give I think it's fine. I I mean, I could see being like 22 and having a hyper awareness of like not wanting to step out of bounds with your vocab in front of people. (laughs) But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, okay. So anyway, back. (laughs) I think people in my family say cool beans, but it's like impersonating me as the fourth grader who used to say it all the time or something but like oh that's so cute now it's just like oh cool beans you know anyway (laughs) onward we will not we're not gonna now that you've said it out loud to to hundreds of thousands of people (laughs) on this podcast does it for you I mean a little bit a little bit I don't think I'm gonna start using it but It does take a little bit of the shame away, right? I know that it's a common human experience that we like continue to analyze mistakes that we've made or perceived mistakes that we've made. But in any case, in any case, back to the nothing burger, (laughs) which is something you felt okay about using that language on this show. I go on. Okay. To be clear, I did not feel okay about it. I just stopped myself because it was coming up on that full body shutter. I feel like maybe you're stalling a little bit here. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So last time I got scanned um, and I was sick. Uh, Tis the season, I guess it was like October or whatever. I was sick and I got scanned. And, you know, when you get like a regular PET scan with CT, your lymph nodes if you're sick, like they can kind of show up as like mm-hmm. big or full of crap. I don't know. They warn you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're sick. Right. Like, don't freak if something shows up in your nodes. It's probably sick. Right. Because, you know, it's not the glucose PET scans don't show cancer necessarily. Like they just kind of show activity. So anywho... Um, it happened and my, my oncologist is kind of like, well, let's see what happens. I'm not really sure. And so, uh, that happened. And then what happened? Can you be a little clearer? (laughs) She, I mean, she really did say like, let's wait and see basically. So there was something lit up in your armpit lymph node. Yeah, it was. Okay. And she said, let's wait and see, which is a wild thing to be fine with when it's like, maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's not. I don't know. 
but that's where I am as a person with metastatic cancer. So uh, we waited and saw, and I got another scan. Mm. And in fact, my nodes were again lit up even a little bit more so and a little bit bigger. And I had a little bit of activity in my breast tumor area and my spine lit up also a little bit. Like the report says it could be degeneration, which for sure, I believe it could be. Mm-hmm. But for the nodes, it's kind of, I was sick again. So that's a little, a little bit annoying. I know. Yeah. Cause you were like really sick. I was for like a week after that first scan. Oh my God. Do you want to hear about this? So I was super sick. I took at-home COVID tests, but it was winter vacation for my children and me. I wasn't working. My kids were out of school. And so I was super sick, but I wasn't going anywhere. So I took these negative COVID tests at home, but I was like, I'm not going to like expose other people to this and go to the Mm -hmm. doctor's office, pay for a PCR test. Like I wasn't in danger or anything so it was like i'm just gonna ride this out and who fucking cares if it's covid but then i found out my co-worker sat next to me at our fucking holiday party and she had covid oh and she knew she had covid she knew she had covid she, yes okay yes <gasps> there's there's a little bit of an extenuating circumstance with this like i work at a place um for young adults with disabilities and this adult is somebody who who has a a little bit of a disability um and i know that the holiday party was very important to her and um so she came to the holiday party anyway i got covid long story short um i am totally sure of it because we were eating it was like yeah so anywho i was super sick and that doesn't seem to have mattered in this case it was like well this is pretty obviously cancer recurrence in your or not recurrence but progression in your nodes but what's crazy about it and what is kind of a mind fuck for me is that my oncologist was like okay so it does look like growth but it's not even like for research purposes like if you're in a clinical trial it's not enough growth to qualify as progression Mm-hmm. I had no idea that was a thing. Like it has to be this much measurable growth. Mm-hmm. So like if I was part of a clinical trial um, and they would like kick you off after you had progression, this wouldn't kick me off, but it's still <laughs> cancer growth, which I don't even know. It was like, I was prepared for like in a new place in my body, like a lung met or a liver met, not like prepared, like I was fine with it, but no, that's what I imagined it would be. But instead it's this weak ass, like, mm. do you mean that's what you thought it would be when you finally did have a bit of progression? Yeah. The news would be that it would be somewhere like that, not from last scan to this scan, right? Is what you mean. Well, yeah. And also that it would be like, here you've had progression. And so mm-hmm. now we're doing this and not this like, it's progression, probably. Yeah. Wait and see. Wait and see some more. Yeah. So what's cool though is that um what's cool beans? <laughs> Yes, Amy, it is cool beans that I go to a place where there are just research people chilling in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And so this woman from the research department came into my appointment and 
my oncologist had talked to her, I guess, about these two clinical trials that she thought I could be a good fit for. Obviously, like armpit lymph nodes are pretty easy place to biopsy um, versus a lot of the other places that lobular breast cancer can travel to that are not easy places to biopsy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was one of my first questions was like, can we get a biopsy of this to see actually what's going on? Um, and if it's like, if the tumor biology has changed at all, it would be nice to know that now. Um, and so she recommended me for this clinical trial that's, I guess, looking at the efficacy of liquid biopsy versus um, like tissue biopsy. So it would be cool if you could just take blood instead of taking a chunk out of people's bodies, right, and get the same results. Right. Um, so that's nice. I'm happy to be part of that trial. You know, it's it's a research trial. It's not like a medication trial. And then there's another FES PET scan trial, which is a PET scan using the estradiol instead of the glucose tracer. Mm. But it's with a new drug that's supposed to be like supercharged or something. So it really lights up more of the estrogen receptor positive breast cancer. Does that make you feel super nervous? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because obviously like we want as much information as possible, but also ignorance is bliss. And Mm -hmm. if, you know, if the pet scan lights up like a fucking starry night sky, then I'm not going to feel real stoked about it. I wonder if it lights up less, um, iffy things. Like if it's more, because for example, like the lymph nodes, those will light up if you're sick or whatever, but if it's estrogen is not going to be in your lymph yeah. nodes from being sick. So that and that exactly scan wouldn't show up. That's so interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it really is supposed to be sensitive to the cancer instead of just everything that uses glucose, which is like everything in your body. So, oh yeah, I mean, we'll see. I So instead of waiting three months, <laughs> my oncologist was like, I would say let's do another scan in three months. And I was like, ooh. And she was like, okay, how about another scan in two months? <laughs> oh, good. Rage. Yeah. She's got your back. She does. She's the best. Um, So I'm doing this other scan in two months and I'm going to see what's up with the biopsy. I also have to cop to the fact that I think I've talked to our listeners about this before, but I was not taking my full dose of Versenio because I am a freakazoid who is very paranoid about um, shortages and my insurance suddenly not covering it. And you've been such a stable Mabel for so long yeah. that you were toying with taking a half or you take two pills a day morning and night you were skipping sometimes your morning yeah 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 um also like I my diarrhea with uh the full mm-hmm. daily dose was not controlled and so like you know I have a new job it's like you don't really want to have uncontrollable diarrhea when you have a new job well maybe you do with your, that coworker giving you COVID maybe she deserves <laughs> a little something back Sadly, it's not infectious. It's just miserable for me. <laughs> I just meant more like hearing odd noises coming down the hallway and strange oh. smells that are rude to discuss. Um. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I don't want to shame you for not taking your full dose of medication. Mm-hmm. 
I do want to say in my, without being a bright cider, because I also don't want to do that, but mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in the middle here, folks. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to see when you, I mean, you now are taking both doses. Yeah. And you're waiting two months until you do the next scan. Mm-hmm. Like, what if taking the full dose of Virginio really is enough to beat back whatever might have like, you know, your immune system was down. This is not how cancer works. I'm not a doctor, but let's just pretend your immune system was down. You were sick twice, a little bit kind of grew. And then now you're like upping the medication, which is not a normal thing people do because they're normally taking their full dose. But like, what if the next scan is like, ah, that's chilled down onward. No, that is how it works though. Is like our immune systems do factor in and, um, that's another thing is like, you know, it's like through the holidays with like alcohol and like sugar. I'm not saying sugar causes cancer, but it obviously does have like an effect on our, you know, fatigue levels and metabolism and things like that. And so I do need to and I have been, you know, since my appointment kind of refocusing on getting healthy. Also, I've just been like craving vegetables and stuff after the holiday. Yeah. Sugar extravaganza. Fully. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. It is so interesting, though, like, as you were saying, like, you thought when you did first progress, it would be, you know, a spot on your rib, a spot, you know, like, whatever. To be a node in your armpit, because we have known that, yes, your breast tumor is not completely eliminated this whole time, but you're still considered no evidence of disease because it's so small and so inactive that it could literally be just like a goopy thing that's just not doing anything, you know, it's just like, and with NBC, they really rarely just are like, okay, let's give you a lumpectomy. Let's give you a mastectomy, the downtime being off the meds, being off the Virginio, the, your body having to do so much. It's just, but it's like, Okay, well, this is why, yeah, yeah, we all want it out of us, right? Is because, well, what if it go, what if it moves to my nodes? What you know? And it's like they're like, well, you already have MBC, so if it's a little bit in your nodes, it's not gonna then give you MBC. But still, it's like, well, if you had have a, had a mastectomy, whenever, yeah, like, would we even not be dealing with anything looking like progression for another? God knows however many months or whatever, but they never know until it's like an individual case. Yeah, it's true. We have a listener and friend who did message me and said, hey, when this happened to me, she also had no progression. She was like, I had a bilateral mastectomy. Did you ask Rachel about that? I didn't yet because I talked to this friend after the fact, but um, I am going to ask her. I'm going to send her an email. We've talked about it, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Or even a lumpectomy, your that spot in your breast is so small that like. Well, I don't I don't know about that, but I do see the potential use of having my nodes out and having a mastectomy. But that's also you know, everything they do needs to be backed up by science. And luckily, Rachel is great about saying anecdotally, I've seen this with my patients. So like, I can make a case for XYZ. Um, 
I do trust her, but you know, I'm, I'm curious to ask her cause we haven't had the conversation in quite a while. And obviously, you know, conventional wisdom changes, mm-hmm. maybe there are new recommendations. I do think she would have said something about it if that was the case, Sure, but you know, why not throw it out there? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I'm not like interested in having a giant surgery, um, and working with like lymphedema and shit like I that. Know. So, and I do understand like if you're thinking a little bit more um, broadly about like what it could mean if there is a bit of node progression and you're on Virginio, assuming you were taking the full dose though, because that is the little wrench in here. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that would mean, okay, the Virginio is not being as effective. And that's likely a sign that maybe it would pop up somewhere else if you just continued on so even doing that surgery and then staying on Brazinio might mean like some other spot yeah you know it might mean a change of a second line of treatment anyway yeah then you'd have done a whole fucking mastectomy and change from Brazinio to something else but right my hope is that two months are going to go by they're going to re-biopsy re-biopsy re-scan you and biopsy yeah and it's going to be like oh somebody needed to go to a Christmas party somebody had to go see what secret santa brought at the work party and uh, a cancer patient was left in freaking no man's land for four months because of it waiting to find out that they just were sick and had inflamed nodes and degenerate degeneration (laughs) in their spine yeah we'll see we'll see i don't know it's it is a a bummer i don't know it's i know it's not like a huge bummer as it would have been if it was like a spot on my brain or whatever and I would have had to of course have a totally new treatment but I don't know we'll see I also want to say that my oncologist was the best when she was like have you been taking your full dose of Rosenia like she had my number so hard she knew and I was like yeah um and she's like I knew it I knew it but then she was like no judgment and also it felt really good because she was like you know what a lot of people in your position where it's like three plus years with no progression she's like people get kind of complacent and Mm -hmm. that's normal no judgment like whatever so that was very nice of her she could have read me the riot act Mm -hmm. and be justified in doing so so um thanks rach yeah you're the best absolutely what's up with you amy i'll stop talking about my stupid self please well in closing (laughs) obviously all the listeners and myself just want the best for you thank you and again not to bright side or whatnot but this is sort of like par for the course for your specific body and your cancer where like yes we have a diagnosis we don't want but in that group of that world we've got so many good qualities you know you're lobular you're grade one it's very slow growing your yeah body is doing what it's supposed to do with Virginio. like it's you know you've been so long on this first line of treatment being any like all the things that you want to see in a patient yeah so of course when you're going to have a little bit of progression if this truly is it's going to be like a little bit in your node you know or like Yeah. Barely a spot in your spine that they don't even know if it's even real or not because it's so tiny, you know? So it's like, we hate you, cancer. We hate you, Steph's cancer, but thank you for not being (laughs) a super duper big dick and just being a little (laughs) bit of a dick right now. It's true. But it is hard to be in that 
you know, what's going to happen? What, what does this mean zone? And I think you're handling it so well when you don't have to be. Thanks. You know? Thanks. It's we'll fucking see. hard. I hate it for you. <laughs> it is hard. Thank you. I hate it for our listeners. They know too. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know for a fact, I was going to say, I'm sure, but I know for a fact that we have listeners out there who, who are, you know, not as lucky as me and who are dealing with progression on their, you know, fourth line, fifth line. Yeah. Um, and that's hard. It's very hard. And it's also, there's always something new that could be coming around the corner. And I'm heartened by the San Antonio Breast Conference Symposium that just happened. Like lots of stuff's coming out of there. I've been talking to people that have been there and they're like, this stuff is moving so fast. But I, of course, yeah. when you're in the situation and you're a fucking patient, you're like, move faster, approve faster, <laughs> get me one specific yeah. for this, like test my genes, test my mutations, test, like, what do I qualify for? And like, it's so insane to me that you have to be so on top of what those things are to even ask your oncologist if something fits for you, because oftentimes our oncologists aren't like, you know what? did come up we should talk about this you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's just wild do you amy want to talk about the potential trial you are exploring oh gosh um okay i will briefly tell you that i got super pumped to be a part of a trial that i've qualify for it's called ember four if anybody's heard of it and i'll tell you a little bit about it because some people listening i know would qualify for this trial it's for breast cancer estrogen positive her2 negative who people who are done with active treatment early stage who have a higher than normal risk for recurrence who have been doing um, hormone therapy for at least two to five years i believe and then they give you a med called Imlunestrant, I believe. There are all these new surds that, oh, for Christ's sakes, I had it up on my thing so I wouldn't mispronounce it, but I'm sure that I did. <laughs> um, you guys, you guys, you guys. This is Sir Dana Farber. Dana. Dana Farber. And Imlunestrant. Um, and it's comparing, it's a phase three study um, comparing it with just endocrine therapy alone. So what I was under the impression of when I brought it to my oncologist was that, ooh, excuse me, what I was under the impression of when I brought it to my oncologist, because you sent it to me, Steph. I did. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Was you take this CERD, this drug for two years, along with your hormone therapy stuff, endocrine therapy, and then ta-da, you've done the study. <laughs> and the side effects to the drug seem like they're like pretty comparable to what I already have with, you know, some joint pain, some this, some, you know, like there's maybe a little bit more GI stuff, possibly, you know, like whatever. Yeah. But for me, I'm like, I'm already out the gate so far from when I finished chemo and radiation and stuff that if I were in this cohort of cancer patients, I would qualify for so many things having everything going on with what I my diagnosis was. But because I'm however many years out, they just are like, good luck. Yeah. You know, I just like feel like I'm on some raft with a huge possibility that my raft is going to crash and I have my supplies and they're like, 
hope you make it to the other side. And I'm like, okay, but that person has a life vest and they also have like a little (laughs) roof to protect from the rain. They're like, yeah, but you know, they went through chemo in 2022. So they got that stuff after their chemo, but you don't. And I'm like, but can I still have it? Well, you don't need it because you're, you know, however many years out. I'm like, but then why am I doing all this other shit? Because you might have a recurrence. Okay, well, then why can't I take the shit? Because you don't qualify, you know? Yeah. So I never qualify for this stuff. Um, but I still have high risk. <laughs> um, that's my freak out sound. Sorry. <laughs> so I was super pumped on this one. And so I was told I would qualify, but I would have to probably switch my care from my oncologist, who I really love, and her team, to um, Compass Oncology, because that's who's hosting the study in Portland. Yeah. So I went and met with the oncologist there to hear about the study a couple nights ago. And it was so intense because first of all, I'm like sitting in one of those cancer rooms. It wasn't a patient room. It was like one of those cancer rooms where you're like sitting in the chairs and there's a table and there's a fucking doctor and you're like, yeah, oh, I remember this room. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, he was like going over my whole case or whatever you call it you know so okay so this was like 2019 you this and you did that and your tumor was t3 and it was grade like saying all these qualities about my tumor that i'm like oh yeah oh yeah that proliferation rate oh yeah i forgot you know like oh yeah that was pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) um and so going over that all and then as we start talking about the study i find out it, they want me to take this fucking CERD for five years, not two. Yeah. Five years starting when you start. And he's like, you have to be doing endocrine therapy at the same time. Um, but it has to be the menopause shot for this CERD to work. And so I would have to keep doing the shot. And stay in menopause and taking the AI and the CERD for five more years. I've already done it for three and some change. Yeah. And I was planning on my fifth year to switch to tamoxifen for the next five years. And so we kind of keep talking and I was like, this is totally not what it seemed like. And we start talking more and like, I think that I found a problem with this study that they have not found and he was like wait a minute oh no which is unless he's wrong that you do not need to be in menopause for to take the CERD which I hope he is because if it was that I guess I don't know whatever I might try it and see if it's tolerable and I have to do it for five years and I can switch to tamoxifen I might do it but yeah but the whole doing menopause if you're a Premenopause person to take the AI thing is based on this soft study. It's called the soft trial that says doing it for five years gives you this benefit. But they've never studied premenopausal women doing the menopause shot for more than five years to see if it's dangerous, if it's tolerable, if it's beneficial. And so he was like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, why are they having people do this thing that they haven't even studied to see if it's safe? Like, this is totally weird. And then he like went and like looked at some other papers oh, and like God. left the room and then came back. <laughs> and I was just sitting there and I'm like, mm, okay, like, what the hell? He comes back in and, and I you're was like, also, a white lab coat and 
I was like, have you heard of my podcast? People know something called rats that I don't have a part of, but I'm friends with someone who knows about this stuff, same stuff. Um, but anyways, so who knows? And then like I brought up, I was like, it is kind of strange because this would take away from people like me who potentially could enter into a study to see if 10 years of um, menopause and AI is beneficial Yeah, um, to study that. That would take these people out of that pool into this other pool, too. Yeah. And like, um, and I'm like, I don't like literally don't want to be in either of those studies. Thank you very much. But Anyways, so it was sort of a letdown because I was a little bit stoked on having something, you know, in my raft yeah. that I could say, yay, I qualified for this. But there's another one. I think it's for Kisqually that people in my boat <laughs> also could qualify for, but I might be a little too far out. I think it might be if you fit those guidelines, it might be two years out, possibly three, but... Um, he was like, I'm going to check into that, but I would like to take a squally instead. Oh, I'd prefer that over the third, but is squally a third? I don't fucking know. I don't know either, but yeah, I mean, it would be really nice to be on something to see and just to be part of a trial to see if you can, you know, get a little bit of an edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. Um, so we'll see. I'm going to, they're going to call me more and tell me a little bit more about it. And hopefully they're going to call and say, no, no, actually, if you're in the, if you're not in the control arm, you just don't do any hormone therapy or AI. You just take the CERD, hmm. which is like, honestly, how it kind of looks on half of the yeah. information. It's like seeing how a CERD versus endocrine therapy it's like looks like that's what they're saying and they're not it's freaking crazy anyway well yeah it'll be interesting and CERDs I think are a really interesting development it's selective estrogen receptor drugs is that mm -hmm. I don't know what the d stands for but um yep so yeah I mean hopefully that will have implications for any kind of estrogen receptor positive yeah cancers which includes like gynecological cancers too so yeah and these drugs are like usually studied in a metastatics setting too and he was saying that they're showing so much progress too which is just amazing you know like taking these drugs like they always have this same end to their names they have these nestrant and endings <laughs> to their names these surds yeah it's a new frontier baby yeah there was there was one more thing that i wanted to talk about just quickly that i thought was cool and like i don't know more evidence that like when you get cancer, you're kind of down for whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, my friend Rosie is is this really, really cool woman. Um, she's a musician. She has a record label. She lives in Texas. Her record label is called Ogar Records. You guys should look at all of their releases. She's also got a band called Eep. Um, and Rosie is just one of those like really warm, wonderful people who is not afraid to put herself out there in like every way artistically as a friend, whatever. And so she sent me a message the other day that was like, Hey, I have something to run past you. Like, I hope it, you're not mad at me, but basically the gist of it is that she has some dirt from this place in New Mexico called Chimayo. And mm -hmm. It is supposed to be like a healing place. People make pilgrimages to Chimayo 
and there's like a little chapel there. Um, primarily Catholics, obviously, I guess that's who does pilgrimages, but mm-hmm. um, she has the dirt. She's like, you know, I've used it. Um, I know people who have used it and experienced miracles. Now, do I think I'm going to have a miracle? Not necessarily, but maybe. Yes. I mean, maybe not at this place, (laughs) but I'm holding out for one for you. Go on, go on. But anyway, she's like, I feel compelled to send you this dirt. Oh, I thought you were going to say to send you to. Oh, my God. No, that would be so funny. No, (laughs) I feel compelled (laughs) to buy you a plane ticket. Um, No, but she's got dirt from Chimayo and. Oh, oh, you mean physical dirt? Yes. Oh my God, I thought you were going to give me some gossip. (laughs) I was waiting for the like, so this place has this executive director (laughs) and he's been, you know, like, (laughs) you mean breaking a bottle of dirt. I mean, actual soil dirt. Um, I'm sorry to disappoint you that I don't have any hot goss on (laughs) Shamayo. I mean, that's still kind of cool, but for the type of person I am, you know, I know, I know. I'm like, which one do I want more? Well, yeah, if the I dirt works, <laughs> clearly that. If the gossip's good, clearly that. Yeah. Um. So people put some in their water and drink it. Oh. People make it into a paste and put it on their affected areas. Oh, cool. But anyway, apparently like in the chapel, there's, I'll link to a news story about it that was in the Los Angeles Times, but um, lots of people go on pilgrimages there and they like walk there and stuff. Yeah. But there are like crutches hung up on the inside of the sanctuary where people have left them. I don't know. I think that stuff like that is is really fascinating. I think the faith aspect is probably what it is really about because I don't know. It's cool to believe in something. Yeah. There is a power that is real in that. Like, can it give you a miracle? Whatever. I don't know. But you cannot argue that if you have been to a place like that, you feel it like yeah uh-huh. outside of Guanajuato Mexico I don't actually know the actual name of the town or where it is there's this kind of like in Brazil where there's a huge ass Jesus yeah that is so huge you can like walk into the inside of it and it's a huge like sanctuary but it's same thing where it's in the exact very very center of Mexico I believe and people make these pilgrimages to go there and it's you know way up in the mountains and we had to drive forever to get to it and and, you know, same thing where I'm like, I don't have any connection to this shit. Yeah. But yeah. I walked in there and as a 17 year old, I was so overcome with just the. I could feel it. It felt thick. Like I yeah. could feel just seeing all the people and the looks on their faces. And like it was just so it felt really important you know and was that just the people that made it feel important or was it because it is whatever I mean I don't know but I would take that dirt I'd freaking put it in my smoothie yeah I mean and the funny thing is too that she was worried that I was going to be mad at her I was like are you kidding me but I think that's a really important thing too is like when you have a serious illness like maybe the dirt isn't going to cure me but the thing that is sustaining is having a person who loves you who's willing to say like hey I care about you and I want to see a miracle happen for you and so I'm going to go out of my way to like Mm -hmm. send you this thing that I deeply believe is very very special you know I think that is so special it's community and I saw it you know there was like a group chat for somebody who was really struggling 
um, in one of my support groups and like people came together very quickly to rally around her and say like, I'll drop whatever I was doing tomorrow so we can all get together on this like video chat and we'll like watch some stupid TV together. And I think if you don't have that in your life, it is a lot harder to push through the tough stuff. Um, So I don't know. It's like this Chimayo dirt. I'm very excited to get it. You know, I love a fucking weird ass woo thing. Yeah, man. Um, But yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe it's maybe I'm going to be a a convert. Maybe I'll turn Catholic. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) why not? You know? Why not? But yeah, I'll link I'll link to that LA Times article. It's really interesting. And that's kind of what somebody is quoted in there that says like the um the dirt isn't the miracle, the faith is the miracle, which I, I think is kind of the the upshot. Yeah. It's also like a connection to other people who are trying to grasp at meaning and hope and Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. That's really cool. So hey. I want to tell you one quick thing before this podcast ends. It does not have to be now, but just side note on that. I also want to read like a really quick little letter because we don't actually have like a ton of time left. So I'm not going to dedicate a ton of time to letters, but this is just a nice little tidbit. Is that okay? Yes. Actually, I might read two quickies. Is that cool? Let's let's do two quickies. Very, very much so. Okay. Subject, love you both. Amy and Steph, I'm always excited to listen when your latest episodes drop, but this one, Close Your Bones, really resonated with me. Um, that was a few ago, I think, but I don't remember. Was it the last one? I think it was the I think it was the it's last one. It's been a while, one. guys. We haven't been on for a little <laughs> bit. We've been a little busy. Okay. I am like you, Steph, a lobster. Lobular breast cancer Yay. is what she's referring to. Go team. Thank you for all the really great insight and your info on the International ILC Symposium in Pittsburgh in September. I am a member of LBCA, so I received the monthly newsletters, but listening to you was like having a friend drinking tea and talking to me across the kitchen table, oh. like a warm hug. Yes. Thank you for all you do. My breast cancer sisters, eagerly listening, Bonnie. Bonnie. Yeah, Bonnie. We love you. That's so nice. Little notes like that are just so lovely for us to read. Um, we appreciate it. So much. Yes, that was so cool, Bonnie. Thanks. Um, we got another one. Oh, this is somebody who wrote to us. I don't know if they know that we read letters on the podcast. So <laughs> surprise. Welcome to the show. What's up? I won't I won't use their name in case that is a problem, but I don't think there's anything in here that is too identifying. This is in reference to Steph and I were on a NPR program called Think Out Loud. It's an Oregon NPR affiliate OPB show. Um, but this person heard us. Yeah, it was so fun. It was it was so fun. It was really fun. And also, um, just a little side note is that we were our little story was selected as one of the favorites. And a friend of mine who lives in Portland um texted me to be like hey i just heard you on the best of think out loud wrap up at the end of the year so we'll put that in the show notes because there's so many really cool stories from that end of the year favorites so many but yeah yeah well so we'll do a link to the actual show you're on we're kind of talking about the podcast and just being cancer patients i guess um and then yeah like you said we were picked as one of the highlights of the year Okay, so this person says, my name is blank. I'm not going to use it. Um, I heard you on Think Out Loud today, and the energy you two bring to the world is absolutely amazing. My life has been fucking plagued with cancer since I was a teenager. I was diagnosed with a brain tumor at 15, and thankfully, I'm in remission now. 
I met a girl at a cancer summer camp, and she unfortunately passed away about six months after we started dating, when her leukemia came back with a vengeance. My father passed away too young from cancer about three years ago. I still make jokes about this shit hand we are dealt, and I believe humor is such an important thing in the face of this fucking god-awful disease. Anyway, you gained a new fan for today. I need to go back and start listening to episodes. Have a great night. So nice. We got a few really nice messages after we were on there. So if you're a listener who found us that way, welcome. And to the listener who sent us that note, thank you so much for reaching out. And I'm so sorry to hear about your girlfriend. That is unfair. It's bullshit. And I fucking hate it. And I'm sorry about your dad too. But I'm so glad you're in remission. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we we do love to get those little notes too. I think people sometimes think they have to write us these like big, important, long letters. But I think just being in community is so important. And we love to hear from you, whether you have a story to share or not. So keep the letters coming. Yeah. Cancer for breakfast at gmail.com. What is it that you were you were going to tell me something? What was it? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. So I haven't told you this stuff. Um, Technically, I had a breast biopsy last week. Amy Diles. It's not what you think. Do you remember when I told you there's something on my boob that's like on my skin? Yeah. I showed you, I think. Yeah. There's this weird bump on my skin. I was terrified it was skin mets. My oncologist kept saying it's not, it's not, but I don't know what it is. It's not, it's not. They've been measuring it to see if it's growing. Um, but also I have to say, in case people don't remember, you also had skin cancer before. Yes. I've had skin cancer on my nose years ago, like at a very young age where it was just a basal cell carcinoma, but still, you know, I was like 25, which is like, I would still be young for it right now. Yeah. yeah. And I'm 27. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I'll just tell you this very, very briefly. So I've been, I've been more worried about the spot on my boob. It's on my cancer boob because I don't believe them when they say it's not skin mets, even though I do believe them, but that's a concern. Um, and then, um, if it's fucking skin cancer because of I've had radiation on my boob and to been doing a lot of nude beaches, been to a lot of nude beaches, <laughs> you, you know, I've done that too. So anyways, they've told me a number of times, like, if you want to see a dermatologist, you can. And I've been like, okay, okay. And then finally I'm like, okay, send me. So I did. And this is what's funny. I got in, it was like lickety split. Like I called and they were like, well, you can come in today at four actually. And I was like, Okay. And they're like, but we only have time to look at one spot. And I was like, well, I have 15. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and so I go in and she's like, show me the spot. And I show her my boob. And I'm like, in my head, I was like, it's kind of dark in here. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a bitch about their office, but like, it was pretty dim. And I am like looking and I'm like, oh my God, is it gone? Like, it's hilarious that like, I can't fucking find it. And then I feel it. And I was like, oh, here it is. And I show her, she does her whole thing. She has a little microscope thing and she's looking, she's being like, okay, we have a big talk about it. And she's like, you know, I'm pretty sure this is going to come back as a flinkle flockle dinkle ding, but because of your history and da, 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 we should definitely biopsy it. And so we agreed to biopsy it. So she does a shave biopsy after she shaves it off 
I was like, is this going to scar? And she's like, yes. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, thanks for fucking telling my me. Perfect um, boob. My beautiful boob that has no issues or faults and is absolutely untainted. But still, at the same time, there was like a little bit of a, oh, good, pile it on. Thanks. Um, and then as they injected me with the numbing shit, they like lidocaine inject you before they do the shave biopsy. As soon as the nurse injected me, I just see this bump next to it. Oh, no. Get huge and white. Like the area she injects, like lifts and is white and puffy. That's like what the lidocaine does. Yeah. But then this spot that's like, you know, a centimeter away, half centimeter away, suddenly lifts from my skin and there's this huge white bump. And I was like, uh, did I show her the wrong spot? <gasps> like. <laughs> Because as I'm looking at it, I'm like, I feel like maybe it actually is this other one. But we're, it's like, we're already going. And so when the doctor comes back in, I'm like, do you think this is actually the spot and not that? And <laughs> But the lidocaine on the spot we're going to biopsy is all lifted. So you can't even really see it clearly anymore anyway. It's like, I couldn't really be like, it's this. No, it's oh, that. Oh, no. But she was just like okay, let's do it. You know, she's like, I don't know. You know, like there was no, actually, maybe we should stop and see which one it is. So now I have no idea if she actually biopsied the right spot or if I just happen to have two spots that I didn't realize or what the fuck. And now I have to wait and see if I have skin cancer on my boob, which I mean, whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever. Like, seriously. What's one more thing? Whatever. Um, but I just thought it was really funny because I was like, should you biopsy this one too? And she's like, eh, if it's still there, come back in a few months. She's like and unlocking her car with the remote as she's doing the biopsy. <laughs> I felt that way. <laughs> she's like, I said I had time for one spot, but I, I can't really tell if it's still there because it's like bandaged or whatever. So I don't know. This was a few days ago. Um, anyway, I just thought it was funny where I'm like, oh, yay. Now I'm not, I, I took care of one thing and I'm like, actually, did you? Another thing literally popped up. Did you though? You might've gotten a scar for no reason. Well, here's hoping. Whatever. Rats me, Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> a little thing that I just saw in the news that I thought was cool. It's not a full rats, but mm -hmm. you know, we're always like joking about the moonshot and Joe Biden. Um, but this is like a real, I thought it was kind of cute, even though I know it's not like related to the moon. It is related to outer space. So I thought it was funny. So apparently cell growth happens faster with no gravity. Ooh. So astronauts on the International Space Station are trying to do experiments by using cancer cells, you know, and like 
trying to see what they do because they can grow faster. Like you don't have to wait and wait and wait for the cancer to develop. Um, Yeah. So like they're trying to basically speed up the process of research on different kinds of cancers on board the space station. And apparently this isn't even a new thing. This is like, this has been happening aboard space shuttles. Like, this article I found says it's been happening since the 80s, like on the space shuttle in 1986. Wait, they've shot cancer cells up to study in space in 1986? Yeah. How did they even know that they would? So it's really cool. So basically this this article is from Politico, which like don't come at me about Politico, but it's a good article. So that's why I'm linking to it. Um. Anyway, it's like, researchers from a biotech startup called microquin and a bristol myers squib and merck um research those are the researchers that are up there doing the research in the space station um they're but the merck people are trying to study keytruda um and i guess keytruda is kind of they're saying uh this article says it's the blueprint of where space-based cancer research is heading wow yeah, so it's it's really interesting. I always imagine like I don't know, this isn't something that I previously considered was a possibility, but I think it's really neat that they're finding ways to speed up the process because as we know, drug development takes a long ass time, so if we can see what happens in an accelerated environment then yeah. And that's super cool. Um, Also, I feel like this helps with like getting drugs to the clinical setting for like trials and stuff, because um, that way, you know, they don't have to wait as long to see what's going on before they go into animal trials or whatever. So um, like I said, not a full rats, but just something to like think about. And that's cool. It's happening in space. Um, I am a big proponent of the space program i know a lot of people think that it's like a waste of money or whatever but i think it's cool and obviously this is just like another little check for space research yeah totally that's super cool and there's a rocket up there right now gonna land on that moon but by the time this comes out that might be old news i mean it's not landing till like february 21st or something but you know that right i do know that and also somebody just told me to watch the show oh it was my same friend rosie who's sending me the chamayo dirt um apparently there's a tv show out about like the space race rosie has the dirt on the tv show (laughs) she does have the dirt on multiple things um but apparently there's a tv show about the space race and if like russia had been the first ones to land a woman on the moon i don't know anyway this is to say if you have any non-spooky non-gory tv show recommendations please send them my way you don't like spook and gore (laughs) i don't i hate spook and gore i like spooky light Mm -hmm. like um pretty little liars Mm -hmm. (laughs) that kind of spooky but i cannot do like stranger things that's too spooky okay um good I don't like gore. I don't like people getting like. I don't either. Chopped up. Yeah. I like, I don't find it interesting either. Like my brain just like gets distracted and like fight scenes. And I just like start thinking about other things. I'm like, just tell me who wins. I don't need to see it. I don't care. Just tell me. Yeah. Sports scenes. I don't care. 
just tell me who won the football game. You know, (laughs) I just want to be culturally relevant. Okay. Okay. Well, that's been an episode of Cancer for Breakfast. Write us letters, uh, cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. Leave us a review. There's that five star rating button, and you can leave a comment and be like, this is a great podcast, but it also can improve. Just kidding. Don't say that. Um, okay. <laughs> say that to us privately. Yeah. Personally. Um, all right, everyone. Have a good one. Hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Can't wait for Valentine's Day, which is my favorite holiday. Yeah. Be my Galentine, Steph. Mm, you know it. Bye. Goodbye. Cancer for Breakfast is hosted by Amy Diles and Stephanie Lejeunesse and produced by Nathan McGeehee. Our theme music is written and performed by Vivivir. Find us at cancerforbreakfast.com, Instagram at cancerforbreakfast, and email at cancerforbreakfast at gmail.com. so much for listening thanks for listening